Warning. The following contains discussion of conspiracies, girly men, and aliens. Listener discretion is advised. Here comes... Welcome to Below the Bible Belt, the sordid confessions of two men with nothing in common but an accent. I am James. And I am Matt. So how's your previous month been, Matt? It's been okay. Uh, mostly business as usual uh, here at Morningwood. But, uh, I'm still going to call it that. I'm keeping the joke alive, James. My Morningwood will not die. There's actually something that happened this, uh, this weekend. Something that's very southern happened, or not very southern, but something my family's been doing. Over the Everything your family does is very southern by default. I'm sorry. We love Abraham Lincoln here. That's not very southern. But uh, no, uh, over the past few days we've actually we've been eating deer meat. Uh, <gasps> How yes, could the, uh, you? The Orlando Bloom of the Animal Kingdom. Fuck Bambi, Matt Johnson. I said it. I'm not afraid to say it. Look. Big Disney has been corrupt in our image of deers for decades now, James. I'm a thumper deers man. Evil things. <laughs> um, my grandfather come by over the weekend. He brought just these packs of, uh, I think it was, it was like 15, 20 pounds of deer meat because uh, he shot a doe recently. And uh, that's what you do when you kill animals. Uh, you take some for yourself and you just give as much food away as you can because you, know, you ain't going to eat all that shit. So. <laughs> Are you sure it was necessarily a doe? Because I've been watching a lot of Hannibal recently, and it's made me very suspicious of the food that's given to me. <laughs> well, I will say this. The the meat is very lean, so I doubt it's a human. Or at least, it's, I doubt it's a human from the south, because, you know, a lot of fat people down here. Yeah, we, have a, we tend to have a smoky flavor that you really can't miss. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, he gave us some... There was the deer. That been, some of it had been processed into hamburger meat. Or ground, like the ground meat, like you call hamburger meat. And then uh, some of it was like in tenderloins. And I've been cooking some of that over the week because like last night we had dinner. We cooked, I cooked burritos and I subbed in deer meat for hamburger meat. And uh, it was pretty good, excellent. You made the burrito less classy. <laughs> Only you. A deer burrito. Yes, I ate a deer burrito. Um, have you, like, what's your experience like with not just like venison or whatever, but like with more... Eating animals that most people consider like non-traditional uh, game food. Yeah, I have actually eaten deer meat on many occasions. It's not that bad. Yeah, it's like I said, it's very lean. One thing I've noticed about it, it seems to be like it's a lot like beef, but like it just doesn't seem to have the same amount of flavoring. I think it's just because there's not as much fat on deer. Yeah. So yeah, but deer meat has this kind of stigma with people who've never eaten it before because they assume it's just going to be fucking disgusting, but it just tastes like beef but a little duller yeah that's what's so weird because like my mom she cannot stand eating deer meat because like there's been times where like like we've had it in the past like i won't say anything, anything to her and i'm like, like i put it in chili one time because we had some uh, a couple years ago when my grandfather again shot a deer he loves to give us deer meat but uh i put some deer meat in chili and then like she took out one bite like this is deer meat isn't it like 
damn it, yes. All right, I'm not eating it. And she just walked off. Left the bowl standing there. Didn't eat it. It's like, golly, woman, you're like a kid, you know? I didn't deer meat. Yeah. But I just, like like you said, I just don't see what's what's so bad about it, personally. But that's just me. Honestly, I'm willing to eat any animal. If it's cooked deliciously. Anything they don't eat you first. I will eat an elephant. I will eat a bear. Um, have you eaten, like, uh, anything else, like, like besides deer? Because, like, I think deer and, uh, I think I've had rabbit before, but that's, like, the farthest I've went as far as, like, weird stuff. I've become kind of infamous in my family because of the time we all went out to eat at a Chinese restaurant and I ate an octopus. Oh, cool. All right. An entire octopus. I went fucking old boy on that thing. <laughs> It's because I wanted to feel something die inside of me. That's probably the closest you'll ever get to eat pussy. So enjoy it. It's actually it actually doesn't taste as horrible as you'd expect an octopus to taste. It's mainly just coppery. It's like eating yeah. a giant squirmy penny. Yeah. <laughs> that sworn vengeance against Spider-Man. With that uh, description, I've got to get, run out and get some. Oh yeah. I'd like one squirmy penny, please. Uh. But that remind me too, like wait, wait, Squirmy Penny isn't that like a Victorian drink? <laughs> it has laudanum in it, James. Lots and lots of laudanum. You're uh, sipping a few too many Squirmy Pennies, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, don't don't rely on your pity for them if you've had some Squirmy Pennies. You mentioning like octopus made me think because like, I've also eaten like sushi. I was thinking more towards weird backwoods critters, but yeah, I've also eaten sushi. So I've eaten raw fish. So. Well, my family is absolutely disgusted. By the fact that I occasionally eat sushi. Hmm. I think I'm the only one in my family that's actually ever eaten sushi. So, yeah. They don't really, like, they're not disgusted by it, but they just don't have a desire to eat it. It's just raw fish. Why don't you just put some batter on it? Deep fry it. This has happened as recently as yesterday. They go to a Chinese restaurant and they're just disgusted that I'm eating raw fish. It's like, you're eating raw oysters. How's that any different? They start throwing uh, tomatoes at you. You're a freak. The fish eater. You go run, go off to go to a sideshow. It's a southern sideshow, so the sushi eater, along with the liberal, are in the freak show. The gay, the feminist. <laughs> the polite the woman, man. The woman would wears her hair short. Just a little boy terrified to shake my hand. <laughs> um, there was also something else that I wanted to bring up, too. They had me this one. Something that I can't believe, uh, I don't know. I can't believe the audacity of something. It's nothing like... It's not like a personal encounter with me, but uh, a couple weeks ago, I stayed up all night, like on a Saturday, uh, because I was reading a book, and I just wanted to power through it. You were having a wild affair with your imagination. Up late partying with uh, James Elroy, of course, fan. (laughs) Uh, We're both Elroy fans. He's a personal friend of the show, even if he doesn't know it. (laughs) Uh, Saturdays with Barco. Yeah. I was reading one of his books, rereading one of his books, and uh, I was getting towards the end, and I got done about five thirty, six o'clock that morning, and I looked up, and the TV had been on, it was just background noise, and uh, on the TV was a televangelist. I think, I don't know if you know this guy, his name is Jack Van Imp, Jack Van Impy, I think. Have you ever heard of him, James? No, he sounds like a Harry Potter character. He kind of does. He looks kind of like a goblin now that you mention it. I looked up, and like he was halfway through this speech, and I'm not sure if I was reading it right or listening to it right, but the way I interpreted it, he was calling the Pope, you know, the new Pope, 
a guy who seems to be making a lot of progress towards uh, changing the image of the Catholic Church and letting more people embrace religion and more tolerant religion and you know showing upshoot in the number of Catholics attending church. Bullshit. He accuses, he, he accuses this guy of being the Antichrist. <laughs> um, I was like, what the fuck? And he went on talking about how you know the Antichrist is you know, he's supposed to be nice, he's supposed to be calm and gentle, but he's going against God's laws and all this stuff. I was like, all right, whatever. And I decided to look this guy up to see if I can find out if anyone's talking to him. This guy's accusing the sitting pope of being the Antichrist. Well, I looked it up, and apparently him accusing people of being the Antichrist is nothing new. Uh, like, it's just a short list of the people he is accused of being the Antichrist. Um, pope Francis I, the new guy. Pope John Paul II. He has something for popes. Barack Obama. That's nothing. You know, everybody says Barack Obama's the Antichrist. I've heard that two times today. <laughs> I, for one, say that's not true because the Antichrist has to be kind of, you know, Effective and competent. But, uh, anyway, uh, and the one that got me the most was he accused the royal baby of being the Antichrist. <laughs> the, new, the little baby. That I fucking agree with. <laughs> I don't really so much agree with that as I agree with Prince Harry. Because he's a ginger. And we all know gingers are up to something. Is he the one who also has this secret Nazi history? Yeah, he's the one that goes to Las Vegas and parties all the time. He's he's better than William. William just says, yes, uh, I'm Prince William. That's all he says. Just says his name. Well, they're inbred, so that's all he can say. <laughs> Prince William. But he uh, through Buckingham Palace naked with shit all over him. Prince William. Prince William. Uh, are you Garth Ennis now? Like we're suddenly stepping into a Garth Ennis comic. There's royals shitting all over themselves, acting retarded inbred. God, Maybe one imagine, of the Antichrist. Could you imagine Garth Ennis doing a series about royal families? Like, every arc is, here's this royal family, and here's why they deserve to die. And here's <laughs> the regicider, taking them all out. That would be his name, too. I think clever, just regicider. Um, the funny thing about the Antichrist Pope thing is, if you're going to call any Pope the Antichrist, you don't have to go far to look for evil Popes in history. Yeah, Like, uh, I can't remember his name, but how about the Pope that, you know... Uh, kind of worked with the Nazis back in the day, you know. How that about, guy. How about the popes who started wars and personally murdered people with their bare hands? What about the pope who refused to cross himself because he thought religion was ooky? <laughs> I think really, I've never heard that one. Like the oldest joke in the world is: is the pope Catholic? There are actually popes who are not Catholic. <laughs> well, also you also forget there's a pope shit in the woods. That of course is a big one. As we all know, Pope Pius the 63rd proved that, yes, the Pope does affect shit in the woods. That's what he gets for, you know, uh, going to Taco Night at Vatican City. So. Plus, you can't forget about my favorite Pope, uh, Pope Grizzlius IV. Grizzlius yes. Now, he opened up a lot of doors for bare cardinals. <laughs> that is until he tragically mauled that child during his christening. Well, what do you expect? The child smelled like bacon. He had no choice. It was a big mistake to anoint the child in honey. And one time the Catholic Church breaks tradition, look what happens. And because of this, Bishop Boo Boo was never be able well he was never able to go to the rank of cardinal. Uh, but yeah, uh, Antichrist stuff aside, dear meat aside. Uh, normal week. Normal month for me, I guess. So that's that's always good. Well this month 
I don't want to build it up too much, but there was a momentous milestone in my life. Did you finally uh, tell the truth about what you are, James? I'm saving that for the 30th episode, Matt. You know that. Yeah. I'm sorry. We all we all know the truth, James, that you were an alien. So, I mean, we figured it out after, you know, episode six, Earthlings. <laughs> I had to explain to you the basic concepts of life and the human anatomy. So, Earthlings, Matt. We're all perplexed by them. <laughs> we all study them in secret. That's the only reason I created this podcast, is so I could learn about the South. <laughs> and how best to take it over. Now, that's all extraterrestrials are interested in, is discovering the secrets of cornbread. <laughs> Why do you think they always abduct hillbillies and sodomize them? They want to see what happens when you eat cornbread, where, where it goes. Uh, I'm pretty sure that if you figure out a good way to make sweet tea and fried chicken, you will take over the South. That's all Paula Dean had to do. It turns out the anti-life equation is contained inside of Cletus's asshole. <laughs> as long as you don't abduct me, alien overlord, please show me mercy when your people come back. You know you'll be my pet. Yay. <laughs> this month, I am finally the proud owner of a bookcase. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> To give you an impression of why this is such a big deal for me, up until recently, for like the past four or five years, I've just been stacking my books precariously on top of my bedstand, and I have quite a few books, so every time I went to sleep, it was entirely possible that they would just fall over and kill me each and every <laughs> night. You would be crushed by knowledge. To be fair, that's always how I wanted to die. <laughs> and if you don't have a book collection that could kill you in your sleep, then it's not a real book collection as far as I'm concerned. But uh, I finally picked up a bookcase and decided, you know, being the man that I am, I was going to assemble it myself. No adult supervision. Manliness. Like, I was determined. I put on a Parks and Recreation marathon <laughs> to invoke the power of Ron Swanson for a good build. But apparently I invoked the power of Jerry by accident, because like an hour later I had broken it. <laughs> Way to go, James. Thankfully I only broke a small, unnoticeable part, and the rest of it was constructed without fault. How long was this project? Because I could have like it was like a multiple day project when you finally got it built. I started at like 7 o'clock that night, and resumed the following morning. <laughs> And was able to finish it right before I went to work at like 1 o'clock. So you had to stop because you lost daylight. I had to wait for the super glue to set after I had broken one of the parts. Because I did buy this from the store I work at, so it's made out of cardboard. Cardboard and immigrant bones. Now that bad luck streak seemed to carry on because almost immediately after that, just a week or two later, I came down with the flu. And yeah, I think you mentioned that during the uh, commentary we did. And it just so happened that when I got the flu, that was the week where I was scheduled to work like nine days in a row. So imagine being delirious and sickly in a Walmart for over a week. <laughs> Straight. Just crashed in like the furniture aisle. Just I'm not even sure I showed up for work. I may have just been <laughs> sleeping that entire time. It was a fever dream. All one big fever dream. My God, I'm still in that bed, aren't I? 
It's funny that you mentioned the bookcase because last month I also too built a bookcase, but it was so rudimentary and routine I didn't even feel like bringing it up. So, nah, I didn't. I'm just fucking I'm with you. Well, I'm sorry it was a big deal to me. I made stuff out of steel with <laughs> machine work. So, yeah, good, look, good work on the bookcase, buddy. You go, you go, James. You build another. Hey, I was proud of myself. I only broke it a little bit. (laughs) But my crude craftsman skills being put to the test isn't the only minor milestone this month. Today marks our 20th recording. Jesus Christ. What the fuck are we doing? I agree. This is just, how do we make 20 of these? How do we make more than one? Why are you? Why are you even alive? That's uh, that's what I've been asking myself for twenty straight months now. Yeah, you guys at home don't know this, but we spend the majority of most episodes just asking why we're recording. Why? Why, Matt? So many whys. Why do you out. exist? This almost sounds like a philosophy podcast, but why the Bible Belt? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, we've hit episode twenty. Twenty months, like we said, although. It's cool that we're celebrating this uh, milestone. We should have waited to 24. That had been two years, but that's neither here nor there, James. I'm just... Yeah, but 20 is such a round, sexy number. I mean, we're legal now. <laughs> We've been legal two months before when we turned 18. What's the age of consent in Alabama? I don't think there is an age of consent in Alabama. Just say, what's that? Oh, that very creepy saying. Old enough to bleed, old enough to breed. Ugh, God. Hey, if there's grass sexy. on the horse... Uh, there's grass on the field. It's all right to mulch, please. <laughs> but uh, oh, we've made a lot of advancements to the show over the years. Year. And we have a Tumblr now, below the Bible Belt Podcast. Do not confuse that with below the Bible Belt That is an imposter. That's how we know we're big time now. We have our own squatters. Although below the Bible Belt is more about like boxing and Bible study. It's actually a superior Tumblr. You you should subscribe to it. Yeah, they have all the Jack Van Imp Antichrist conspiracies there. And we've had two guest stars, three if you count Breaking Build and John's appearance. But who counts that? I do. I really like that little thing we did, although no one else but us listened to it. I don't care. Oh, no, I count Breaking Build. I just don't count John. Oh. He has enough. (laughs) With his successful comic book career. Fucker. And we haven't talked about this on this show, but... There's even been interest in importing below the Bible Belt to other countries. Yes, that's right. We've been negotiating with other foreign podcast networks. They've seen the success we've had in Germany. Yeah, we're very big in Germany. I think it's our boundless hatred that appeals to them. (laughs) Or our love of Greece. Either or. (laughs) Our numerous tangents on the music of David Hasselhoff. (laughs) But we were even given recently the sample of a proposed below the Bible Belt pilot. For Spanish-speaking listeners. And because we love you guys so much, here's a small clip of that. Por debajo del centurion de la Biblia, con Jaime y Marco. Entrega de hoy, odio. Hablando de Hitler. Y la locura. Esto la selva. El tema del episodio del hoy. Odio, Marco. El odio. Todos nos sentimos de vez en cuando. <laughs> sí, sí. Todos los asesinos es uno de los institucios humanos más básicos. Por supuesto, junto al amor, a la fernencia, 
à l'appréciation la, de Cuba de Gooding Jr. comme acteur de cinéma. Oh si, quoi est stato en un de Cuba Gooding Jr. Huma? <laughs> Otinas, que as a hecho? Eh, esta interiosa do sebro do quiero de quir. No es una en todo regla por la alba. Pero definitivamente estoy tenedo algunos sentimientos neve pero. Pero a Cristo? Alexo? Si. Alexo? Mi hermano? Yeah, I, from the looks of it, they're not going to pick that up. Yeah, uh, I do have to say I'm not very impressed with the guys playing us in that. So, yeah, just, I, my, just my personal opinion. I feel I, like they could have cast it better. I've met Jaime. He's a great dude. Fucking hell of a saxophone player, but and it's it's just surreal seeing a caricature of your own self. You know me. I had trouble with the Mexicans. Um, I was trying. To lobby for Antonio Banderas to play my part, but they didn't think it was right. So, no. it's like the American spaced pilot. It's just, it's just better left buried. Maybe next we'll go to Japan. Who knows? I would love to see Japanese below the Bible Belt. We hop into mechs made out of wood <laughs> and battle swamp creatures. Uh, I feel like if there was one country that would be best suited for adapting below the Bible. That would be Russia. Oh God, yes. We're just Russians with short sleeves. We just talk about how fucking cold it is every week. <laughs> chapter 1, cold. Chapter 2, cold. Chapter 3, cold. Chapter 8, Siberia. <laughs> Who's Putin strangling today? Gulags, James. We've all been sent to him. Enough about arbitrary anniversaries. Why'd you even bring this up, Matt? Fuck you. You know, I never look to the past. I believe in the now. I believe in going forward. I'm like a shark. A tiny tendon shark. You got you can smell blood from miles away. That too. You once were killed by Clinton Brody. Smile, you son of a bitch. But I got my revenge, and that's what's important. <laughs> I'm sorry if I want to feel special. Alright, James. I just want to feel pretty. Is it too much to ask for you to throw me a goddamn compliment once in a while? I talk about your ass all the time. We don't do things together anymore, James. You never take me out. You think I wanted to record Moon of the Wolf? I did that for you. No, you did that for yourself. I did that for myself and also for you. I can do it for two reasons. You know what's the problem with you, James? You become just like your mother. You get out of my podcast, you big tittied ho- <laughs> What you just saw, ladies and gentlemen, was a one-act play showcasing our greatest fear, that one day the relationship between the two of us will become so strained that this podcast can no longer continue. Yes. We transfer to another great thing of Southern culture, a streetcar named Desire. <laughs> James! James! Shirtless, fat rolls, <laughs> hanging off my jeans. Get the fuck out my front lawn, Matt. This becomes an episode of Cops. <laughs> like, that's something a Southerner has to battle every day, his inner Tennessee Williams. Exactly. That brings us to the topic of this episode, Matt. Fear. Yes, fear. Our lives are all ruled by it. 
Yes, we all uh, saw the 1996 film starring Mark Wahlberg and Reese Witherspoon. We were not impressed by that. Katie forever. I'm going to start hitting myself, call the cops, say you did it, even though you live in Alabama. <laughs> He's really fast, okay? He has bionic tendons. It's Alabama. The cops would never believe that I'm not a wife beater. <laughs> Man, they just lock up the men every night down here. <laughs> just as a precautionary measure for the women and horses. Well, not the horses. There's no law against that. That's true. That's Jim Justice's America. He knows he can't wipe out crime. He likes to control it. Yeah. It's like the Red Hood. Um, Just no dealing horses to kids. Uh, yeah, so fear. What are you afraid of, Matt? Besides, you know, stuff that's going to get us in trouble. <laughs> you can cross, like, the top ten things off of your list and just go to number 11. Okay. Um, clowns, no. Um, I'm not afraid of clowns. I don't fucking like clowns. Nobody likes clowns. Uh-uh. Nobody has ever liked clowns. Clowns are a blight on this earth. I'm trying to think, like, what I'm genuinely afraid of. Like, uh, well, there's always the esoteric things that I feel like everybody's afraid of. Never doing anything, afraid of dying. Bees. Yeah, bees, my God. Those are my three worst fears. Dying alone, not accomplishing anything. Bees. <laughs> God, could you imagine dying alone by being attacked by a swarm of bees that you were trying to use to accomplish great deeds? That's like a fucking Stephen King story. <laughs> Um, I'm pretty sure he wrote something like that at one point. It is Stephen King. I'm still convinced that Stephen King just wrote all of his novels while he was coked up over a long weekend. He's just been dealing them out one by one over the years. Um, I'm trying to think, uh, genuinely think of something I'm afraid of. Like sometimes, like I'll get creeping paranoia because, like, we live out in the country now. Uh, like if I'm up late at night or stuff, because uh, like it's all the whole slasher movie mentality that I think that, you know, we're out in the middle of nowhere and someone comes in, you know, uh, we're kind of fucked. I mean, I can call the cops. I don't know how long it take them to get there. Well, to be fair, you're in the South, so if somebody's going to slash you up, you're going to get, you know, an old man telling you you're doomed first. You'll have it, a warning. It's a precursor. That's a fact. You're right. I forgot about that. Um, I would I say know. you're terrified of hearing the sound of banjos in the night, but we all know you would love oh. that. Just be lying in your bed. Ding, da, ding, 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 ding. Fuck yeah! Get out, pull out your own banjo. Start jamming with the mysterious banjo music. It depends on who's playing the banjos. I'll say that. Uh, what they're, what they playing the banjo at night doing? Because I like a good night, night plucking as much as anyone. <laughs> if they're not up to no good, then I don't like it. But I might have to take a pass on this for now and think about it. But uh, what about you? Like, what, what are you afraid of? Uh, what is it that drives you to, you know, face your, or not face your fears, but what scares the shit out of you? Besides the prospect of having to listen to your new banjo album, <laughs> Maddie Nice, Night Plucking. <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't know if I've ever talked with this at length with anybody before, but whenever I was a child, I had this very deeply ingrained primal fear of being abducted by aliens. Are you serious? Like, I'm serious. like this is actually like this is something that you actually thought would is would happen. Yes, very much so. Okay. Uh, context. Go. See, I was not the hardline skeptic I am today. Back whenever I was a kid, I was the kind of kid who believed in everything and believed in it like you believed in the sky. The Loch Ness monster was real. 
ghosts were real. Bigfoot was out there, you, and uh, he was up to no good. You believed in the American dream. As we, we covered that uh, a couple episodes ago, where you believed in D.A.R.E., the D.A.R.E. program, and just say no. So, yeah, you were, you were pretty much a dumbass kid, James. No offense. Uh, even I knew that just say no wasn't going to work. I wasn't that superstitious. <laughs> the, the earliest memory of this fear comes from watching Fire in the Sky whenever I was like six years old. Which, if you've never seen Fire in the Sky, is one of the most fucked up movies ever made. I think I've seen that one. Is that that's the? That's is it like a meteor? No, what no, is that's that? That's the allegedly based on the true story of the rednecks that got abducted by aliens on a fishing trip. Oh yeah, Fire in the Sky, aka the Mike Johnson story. <laughs> they were dragging him by his jerry curls. <laughs> he thought never again. Now, there's a lot of really horrifying visceral imagery in that movie. Of just aliens dragging people through their ship. And the ship's dirty and sticky, and you never even see the aliens. You just see, like, their hands. Whenever you're six years old, that fucks you up. <laughs> For years, I began to have nightmares about being abducted by aliens in the same manner. I mean, it happened to those southern people. It could happen to me. Are you sure they're nightmares or repressed memories? Yeah. Also, didn't help that I was obsessed with aliens in my youth, so I was constantly watching documentaries and shit like Alien Autopsy, which, I mean, it's on TV, so it's got to be real. I mean, Fox wouldn't air this shit if it wasn't verified. <laughs> Were you a big Exos fan? I was. And... The thing that absolutely cemented this as a completely psychotic fear of mine was one weekend, whenever I was maybe eight or nine, I had a really bad ear infection. And that night, I went to sleep and had this really vivid, traumatic dream of being abducted and experimented on by aliens. And I just kept telling myself, this is a dream, this is a dream, this is a dream. And like forcing myself to wake up and right before i woke up i just heard this loud booming voice in my dream say this is what they look like and then i woke up and i had sleep paralysis oh, motherfucker. sleep paralysis and an ear infection so i hear this almost deafening crackling noise i just felt this presence in the room or like I was certain if I opened up my eyes, there would be something staring at me. And I'm sure this lasted like five seconds, but in my memory, this went on for like 30 minutes of just being paralyzed and not being able to move. And it's the only time in my life I've ever had sleep paralysis. But eventually it passed and I opened my eyes and you know, I was safe and sound in my room. What was the crackling noise? Was it just something from your dream? Uh, no, it was. I think it was my something to do with my ear infection. That, uh, Jesus Christ, that, that wouldn't fuck you up. Even at the time, I knew that was just a bad dream and just, like, sleep paralysis and an ear infection. That just instilled this fucking primal fear inside of me, where even today, where, like, I don't believe in that kind of thing at all, there are still moments where I'm trying to go to sleep and I have to, like, turn all I to remind myself that there's not something in my room staring at me. Are you sure you weren't abducted by aliens? Because that was a very vivid dream. You wake up with sleep paralysis. I mean, ear infection. I think you've got an alien tracking chip in your ear, James. 
Oh my god, they, they've been shortening my tendons since I was a boy. They're paving the way for the, the alien invasion. We're all be tiny tendons activated, and we'll all stand on our tiptoes. We can't fight on our tiptoes, James. <laughs> if I'd have opened my eyes after the, I dreamed, I would see a ballerina alien staring at me, pirouetting away. <laughs> uh, you are chosen ballerina boy, James. Um, So is that like your... Your greatest fear? I wouldn't say it's my greatest fear now, but that's like my weird, irrational fear. Like, some people have arachnophobia. Some people are, like, deathly afraid of spiders. Uh, I work with a lady who's afraid of balloons. <laughs> I, don't, I don't blame her. Fucking balloons. My lord, my ass. They're plotting something. That all, was... You have noticed all the balloon messages are always happy. Happy birthday. <laughs> you know, congratulations. No Nothing's that cheerful all the time. Balloons are the clowns of decoration. Exactly. Well, that was a fucked up day learning that, because she was one of my managers. And we were, like, just disposing of some balloons somebody had taken back. She's like, get that fucking shit away from me. <laughs> get it the fuck away from me. I am not kidding right now. And we had to put the balloons in a garbage compactor to satisfy her. And if you've ever heard balloons being slowly crunched by a compactor. It's the saddest thing you've ever heard. It's like watching Joy <laughs> die. Just... <laughs> she was so satisfied by that noise. Yes, kill the motherfuckers. She's watching. She's taking pictures. I think uh, that she's like the arch nemesis of the people who have balloon fetishes. Uh, I'm trying to think, like, I guess, like, the closest, like, irrational fear. I don't know if, it's, if it counts as a fear or a worry. Like, anytime, like, I go anywhere, I'm always scared to death of running out of gas. Uh, like I said, that's not really an irrational fear. But, it's know. one of those things that gnaws at the back of your head. Yeah. That and, like, I always panic every time, like, I see a cop car. No matter what I've done, you know. I've done, and you've done, done some anything. shit. Yeah. <laughs> that's what it is, James. Um. Uh, all these irrational fears, my greatest fear. I'm afraid of my past catching up with me. It's like crime and punishment. You just have to live every day with this thing you've done. Yes. Somewhere in Savannah, there was an innkeeper who didn't get us $40. <laughs> and I have to live with that, James. Every day. That's all my soul. Way in my soul. You'll have to answer for that on Judgment Day. Yeah. And give him that $20. <laughs> 40 or unless he's got installment plans, maybe. <laughs> well, it's God. I mean, he's going to be benevolent. That's true. He'll just say, just pay me half. We'll call it even. As always, God gets his cut. <laughs> got to kick some to the big man upstairs. Uh, so would you describe yourself as a frightened child whenever you were young? Or were you the courageous, fearless type? Nah, I think I was a mix. Um, I didn't necessarily like the dark because who the hell likes the dark? You know, racist. I just, I'm just saying what we're all thinking. I was, I didn't like snakes. There were times where I was, I scared the snakes. I'm also got like a weird, I guess like I've got this weird irrational fear of wasps, because when I was little, like I was like a year or two old, I got stung by wasps, like twice, like, like it stung me on my hand and I freaked out and it fell on the ground and when I was running I stepped on it, and it stung me on my foot so. I was able to get stung twice for the price of one. But uh, ever since then, like, anytime I see like a hornet or a wasp nest, I kind of freak out a little bit. Uh, they always... 
Well, on the plus side, you use that fear against your enemies as your alter ego, the Hornet. The Hornet, yes. The Green Hornet. No, not that. It's already taken. Because, uh, like, uh, a couple weeks ago, I was doing some yard work, and there was a wasp nest embedded in a window. And I was like, oh, shit. But, like, I kept trying to poke at it, and finally I was able to tear the wasp nest down. It felt so good to tear it down, James. You have no idea. <laughs> Vengeance belongs to the bee wasp hornet. <laughs> you just rip off your shirt underneath you have a costume. Your insignia doesn't look like anything in particular. Yeah. It's vaguely bug-shaped. Now, uh, like I said, I've got, you know, we've all had normal fears, but like one, like, I guess, I, I don't know if it borderlines on normal what it is, but, it, it, but my brother, like over the years, he's had uh, a real bad fear of water. Not just like swimming. So, like when he was little, he didn't like to wash his hair because he didn't want water in his eyes and his face because he was afraid he was going to choke on it. Uh, even like in the shower, he was like that. I had the same thing but, for a very long time. Not just a plain I, aversion to water. I wouldn't even drink water. Yeah, and I mean, like I said, I don't know how irrational that is, but um, like as far as me as a kid, like I said, there was the wasps thing, uh, snakes. Uh, I didn't didn't like the dark too much. Uh, I'm still, I mean, like, I'll still go out. I'll go out in the dark now, but it's not something I kind of exactly want to do. But I will say, as far as it comes to going out in the dark, I'm one of the more braver people in my family, so that's always good. Yeah, that's been kind of a turn with me in recent years. Whenever I was a child, I was a frightened little wuss like i slept with a nightlight until i was maybe nine which i was mocked brutally for but fuck that i'm i'm still alive Let's, well you know what there's a nightlight in my room now not because not because of fear it's just because like get up at night it's hard to get to the light so well you need light to banjo by in case there's a sudden interruption at night exactly it's always been probably been the biggest problem i've had to be honest at least whenever I was growing up, was just being fucking afraid of everything. Afraid to leave the house, afraid to talk to somebody, afraid to do this, afraid to do that. I will say that something that I have developed over the years is, yeah, I'm kind of very afraid of talking and meeting new people. I'm very bad about that, very like socially awkward and stuff. And that's a very strange fear because yeah, with other fears, you're just afraid that something bad will happen. With social fears, you're equally afraid that things will go bad and that things will go well. It's like, oh god, what if I get along with this person? How will I maintain this friendship? It's like yeah. every success just opens up 20 new fears. And though, to me, that was a real bad problem I had when I was working at the radio station because you know, being a news reporter, afraid to meet and talk to people is not always a good thing, you know? They don't blend well together a lot of times. Little did they know that that was Scoop Johnson's one weakness. He was terrified of his own scoop. Yeah. Uh, that's something I still struggle with constantly, but as far as other fears go, I don't know if I just have a fucking death wish now <laughs> or something, but it comes to my own physical safety. My thing is just fuck it. You, it's, like, uh, it's like I'm you not going to put myself in danger, but I'm not terrified that something's going to harm me like I was whenever I was a kid. You're in the back room at Walmart playing Russian Roulette. There you go. It, it clicked. Someone else go. You don't care anymore. I live to fear another day. 
Like, are there like any like weird like phobias and rational things that like people in your family have? Like anything like like strange or unusual? Well, I do have a cousin who has a very understandable phobia towards clowns. Yeah, um, that's yeah, that's my father too. It's more it's a phobia that borders more on hate. <laughs> I think I think hate is just when you get down to it, hate and fear are very similar. Just because you know you hate what you're afraid of. Well, hate is just fear with a fist. Exactly. Oh, I like that. Uh, that's a nice quote. Good job. That sounds like something Gandhi would say. <laughs> I think, you know, like, as far as, like, irrational stuff, like, uh, I don't know if it's fear, but it's getting on the verge where it's getting crazy. But my father, like, past few months, he's been looking on the Internet into conspiracies. <laughs> the internet, like, you know, all the government conspiracy stuff. He's just trying to make sense of Obamacare. You just name it like he's been looking up Bigfoot. He's looked up Bigfoot videos, uh, New World Order stuff, because you know, we have conversations and stuff, because I'm playing the skeptic. And there was one story where he told me that NASA was a big uh, Freemason conspiracy, because, like, if you look at, like, there's some, like, Freemason creed, and, like, the, the start of every, like, sentence is also the name of all of the uh, space shows. Like, there's Atlantis, Endeavor, Challenger, Columbia, all this stuff. Thankfully, he, he hasn't gone to the point where he's saying the Pope is the Antichrist. So Yet. But, I don't uh, know. I'm, I think I'm kind of worried about your dad now. I, mean, I don't want him being caught up in some kind of Sandra Bullock's The Net-esque conspiracy. It's like, I'm the only one who knows this information. Now my life is in danger. Old Schwarzenegger yep. kicks down his door. We have to go with me. He's erased. <laughs> the good metal cars are coming for him. He knows the secret of the Jerry Curl spiracy. <laughs> but uh, like, you know, like some of the crazy shit he's talked past about, like Bigfoot. Oh, there was, oh, there was a thing about. Uh, he was telling me how in Alaska the government has a machine that can control the weather. <laughs> uh, Yet they still choose for Alaska to be that fucking cold. <laughs> and how, like, the plane contrails are actually, uh, they're putting chemicals in the air that make us, uh, more subservient, I believe is one of the conspiracies. You know, like, you see all the, the contrails up in the air of, like, the planes crisscrossing and stuff and how they stay in the air so long. He's saying that it's not water, it's not vapor, like, we think it is, it's actually, uh, chemicals, so. It's actually yeah. Freemason sky writing. But, yeah, like I said, this is something with him that's happened, like, to me, like, the whole conspiracy thing, it's kind of fun and interesting to read about that stuff. It's more like a hobby, you know, like <laughs> something to, you know what I'm saying, like something just to, yeah. to read and, like, just laugh and not really take serious. I used to be extremely into conspiracies whenever I was a kid. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like, it, I mean, I'm the kind of person who used to demand that his mom pick up the weekly world news for him. <laughs> Once again, not because... I believed any of that, but because it was like life fan fiction. Yeah, that's that's kind of that's that's cool that you said that. I never thought about that, but that is actually very awesome uh, that metaphor. But yeah, this that's that's you know, like you said, like the fan fiction aspect. I think too, like the thing with conspiracies is I heard a great quote about it too. Is that like people believe in conspiracies because. Uh, conspiracies are better than the alternative. Even if it's like a sinister conspiracy, it's better to think that there's someone out there who's in control, who knows what's going on. 
than just to think that all this shit is just random chaos. Well, the human brain really isn't programmed to understand chaos. I mean, our brains are programmed to find connections and things and to always assume that there's something above us pulling the strings. Yeah. But, you know, there's just the thing, like, like I said, I find it fun to read about, just laugh at. Because I think there was one that I saw, like, FEMA death camps. That's a famous conspiracy. Like, FEMA has these camps that they're taking people to and killing them. Um, which is funny. Like, I thought it was goofy, but then that shit with Hurricane Katrina rolled around. I was like, well, maybe there might be something to that. They're actually just retrofitted Obamacare death camps. Yeah, they just stamped out the FEMA and put Obamacare. Our government loves its death camps. It's like after we interred those Japanese-Americans in World War II, we just got the taste for it. Once you go concentration camp, you don't go back. (laughs) At least that's what the Nazis said. I've been on some websites that have similar slogans. But enough about Redneck's Revenge. (laughs) So uh, what would you say is the scariest thing that's ever happened to you? That doesn't involve any ongoing legal trials. Let's see. No arrests, nothing like that. I don't know, does that time out? I think I talked about it in the travel episode where I nearly drowned. Uh, to me, that was the scariest moment. While your dad when laughed and laughed and laughed. Got to learn how to swim sometime, boy. Next to that, the scariest thing that's ever happened to me is one night, and I was about 15 at the time, I think, I was watching a movie, and all of a sudden I hear... Bam, bam, bam. Someone pounding on our door, like, harder than I've ever heard. And we all run to the door, and somebody, we open it up, and there's a woman there, one of our neighbors, screaming, Somebody arson the house next door. You have to get the fuck out. So we all run outside, and the house directly next to ours, like, 20 feet away, is fucking ablaze. Wow. And... The first thought, of course, was arson, but it would later be revealed that a meth lab exploded. (laughs) So it's entirely possible that I've been inhaling fumes for months. That would actually explain a lot about my mental deterioration. (laughs) But uh, it's burning down, and it tells you a lot about my dad and I. Our first thoughts are, we have to protect our stuff. (laughs) So we both run back into the house. My dad grabs his computer and runs out with it. I grab my comic books and run out with them. And this was my earlier, less deadly collection, so I was able to shove all of them into a bed sheet, wrap them up, and run out with them. And then we just stood by and watched the house burn down, knowing that at any second our house could catch on fire and we'd lose everything. And... It also didn't help that the movie I was in the middle of watching when this happened was Fight Club. (laughs) You you realize how how materialistic you actually have become? The whole time I'm thinking, is this going to be the first step in a complete mental breakdown? (laughs) That's the thing, James, that we've established here. I am your Tyler Durden. You're the southern man I always wished I could be. You podcast like I wish I could. You eat deer meat like I wish I could. You DJ like I wish I could. You're not the size of your camouflage jacket, boy. All right? Remember <laughs> that. You are the all-dancing, all-singing, tiny tendons of the world. I am James's tiny tendons. <laughs> I should say, eventually, the fire 
did burn down, and there was no damage to the house, thankfully. Yeah. Though I did have to live... I assume that, because you still have your book collection. <laughs> Although we did have to live next door to the charred-out ruins of that house for another two years, which was very creepy, you know, picking up my nephew from the bus stop, and so we have to pass by the corpse of a house, a meth house. That's what happens, James. Crime does not pay. Remember that. If we can take anything from this episode, it's that crime does not pay. I mean, it pays a little. I mean, <laughs> actually, crime does pay a lot. If you if you do it right, I'll say that. Let me amend my statement. Crime kind of does pay. Just don't go overboard with it, all right? Be smart. Be safe out there, kids. If you're going to do crime, kids, do it right. And also, shoot people. Matt Johnson. This has been a Below the Bible Belt Kids Corner. Yay! Um, like, you tell that story, I was listening, but I was also trying to wreck my brain for anything <laughs> scarier than... Seriously, like, because I don't really have much, like... Oh, fuck your pampered existence. It's not pampered, but, like... Like, most of my scary shit is just, like I said, existential stuff. <laughs> uh, I live with the terror of the everyday. Like, your life is just one long of my dinner with Andre. I guess, like, I don't know if it counts as, like, you said legally, but, like, there was uh, that panic moment of uncertainty, like, right after uh, we got evicted from our house in South Carolina, when I had no idea what the fuck we were going to do, you know? Uh, I found myself in very similar situations before. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, well, I'm homeless now. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, we were homeless for about all of a day. Not even, well, not even a day, but, uh... Lightweight. <laughs> because it was at night, like, we spent the night at, uh, because my mom had already, we knew this was going to happen, because so she set it up to where we'd move into the new house, but we just had to do, finish up the paperwork and stuff, so we spent, like, that night at a hotel, and the next day we went to the, uh, the house, moved in, but, uh, yeah, just because, like, I didn't even know that at the time, when crap went down so i was like oh shit what are we going to do you know that's that's a very terrifying notion it's like i know after my dad died my mom and i just couch surfed for like a year and a half (laughs) just a new place every couple of months and yeah my this may shock you but my mom has a certain way of alienating people (laughs) So it was always a clock ticking down to when we were going to be politely asked to leave. Yeah. So it was just me and my box of books and a couple of things I'd managed to hold on to. Just, you know, wondering from almost from day to day where we were going to be next. It's like, I wonder which crack house we're visiting tomorrow. Yeah. It's like Sims on a dollar a day. You should make that into a book. I would read that. It's just um, Burger King. Just all the things you can get at Burger King for a dollar. Yeah. So I know that's kind of, like, sad and, like, all the stuff you're trying to do, but you struck me at the time where I haven't eaten anything all day, so now I'm kind of hungry. <laughs> I'm hungry, too. We should really – every month we record this show before lunch, and I'm always in a rush to get it over <laughs> so I can eat something. Uh, that's what I'm afraid of, James. Not eating. How about that? Well, you have your brother in the house in case things get bad. Come over here, boy. You said you always wanted to lose a few pounds. Um, you mentioned that made me think, like, for you, like, what's the worst way you would say, like, to die? Like, something you'd be afraid of dying? Like, you know. 
Yeah, my thing has always been drowning. Because mm-hmm. going back to traumatic childhood experiences, I didn't have an experience where I nearly drowned on a fishing trip whenever I was maybe six years old. Uh, my family were fishing by a lake, and the little bobber on somebody's fishing line had disconnected and was floating away. And because I was six years old and I thought, eh, I've never swam before, but it can't be hard. I just said, I'll get it, and dived into the water. And my mom had to jump in and rescue me. And as my mom pulled me out, the first thing she says was, Oh, fuck, I didn't take my cigarettes out. God damn it. Uh, Your mom sounds like my father. Like, I've never learned to swim since, and there's just something about the helplessness of drowning, of just feeling yourself getting pulled under and struggling to reach the surface, but just going deeper and deeper. Feeling the water fill your body. It's, it's ugh. Also, I don't want to be the guy who peed the water before he died. <laughs> That's going to happen. It's like, I don't want people to find my bloated, waterlogged corpse and have that dye that turns the pool blue just floating around me. It's funny because, you know, I too, like I said earlier, I had an experience where I almost drowned. But drowning is something that's bothered me, I guess, because I don't go around water as much. So it doesn't bother me, but like, I guess like, like irrationally speaking, like the way I would not want to die. I don't want to be eaten alive. <laughs> I know that's probably not very much, you know, not something that really you would have a problem with like in America nowadays, but you never know. But there's that, and like, there's also being burned, burned to death. Those See, two, I, I just want to say, that's where you and I differ. I would love to be eaten alive by something. <laughs> like, it would be excruciatingly painful, but for that to, for the rest of human history to be the way James Lewis left this earth. Oh, he was eat- eaten alive by a wild boar while protecting yeah. his family. It depends on what eats me, I'll say that. If it's like a lion or like a human, yeah, go ahead. Like, like, it was, like you said, it was like a boar or a pig. I don't know. I don't want to go out like a punk. And how many people do you know who were eaten by grizzly bears? Uh, you talking about just friends and acquaintances or immediate family? Because I have to kind of narrow it down. Uh, immediate family. Uh, three. So, you know, we and, had the... and you remember all of them. Yeah. So I like the idea of people saying, "Oh, how did James die? He became nature." <laughs> He became bear shit. The circle of life. Which is better than mealworm shit, I guess. We all become shit eventually. I want to become okay. shit in style. <laughs> I mean, a bear is like the luxury liner of things that turn you into shit. <laughs> I think that should be the message for today's episode. We all turn into shit eventually. That's our greatest fear of all, one day being shit. The one fear that always comes true. Some of us are shit already. I'm not saying who, but you know, certain people who are in the who are here with me are already shit. But you know, I'm not going to name names. Is there somebody else in the call? Come out, guys. <laughs> anyway, yes. Let's move away from our own fears and move on to the irrational fears of others. For the first time in what feels like forever, we are once again looking at what comes from the south. It came from the south. 
Now today we're taking a look at the YouTube channel for Wild Bill for America, which was brought to our attention by a friend of the show a few months ago. Now, Wild Bill has over 300 videos. <laughs> 375. And I'm pretty sure by the time this comes out, he'll probably have 475. So we're just going to look at some of the most recent ones. But I will read some of the titles of these. Atheists, The Walking Dead, Democrats versus the Marines, How to Hurt a Liberal, Hiking Stupid, The Stupidest Family in America, Obama Hackers, The Worldwide Wife-Beating Club, Column Communists, Three Cards Stupid, Islamophobia, in quotations, Death Camp Liberals, The Israeli Heart, Obama Rats and Obama Fines, Martial Law Buffoonery, America's Monkey Cage, Jihad Hillary, Liberal Christians and Bigfoot, and the Washington Terrorist Love Affair. I do have to say that I wonder where I have to mail in for my membership card for wife beaters of the world. <laughs> Oh, they find you. I'm just interested in the shirt. I just want the shirt. I don't want it the responsibility that comes with it. Uh, let's take a look at one of his most recent videos. Grinding up the little boys. One, two, three. Oh, he has such a nice, trendy opening. Ken Benway sent me a brilliant article by Fred Reed about well, basically the wimpifying of America. The wimpifying so of America. New Chuck Norris book. He got two cents of glasses, so you know he, he knows what he's talking about. In the public schools, roughly 75% of our teachers are female, <laughs> and the men in the schools are usually chosen by liberal female administrators. God damn women you? choosing now, things, things hiring, women, existing. Please accept my apology. If it offends liberal feminists, okay, oh well. It's time to remove boys from liberal female teachers. Because the last thing a boy needs in this country is a strong female role model. Teachers are making school a living hell for little boys. They have turned normal boyish behavior like rough housing into psychiatric personality disorders. They make them wear dresses instead of cowboy hats like the Bible says. This results in boys hating school and doing poorly in spite of high IQs. You want to create a sociopath? Take a little boy, drug him up, suppress all of his natural instincts, and then humiliate him with years of psychobabble. Also torture him. I know how to make a sociopath. Alright. Don't call me Wild Bill for nothing. Get the ditzy feminists away from our sons. Those ditzy feminists and their educations. Not women who want all children to be girls. Females tend to be more interested in social relationships, whereas males want information. And yeah, because we all know social relationships don't require information. Security. Women tend to choose security over freedom, and this has led to some serious implications for American freedoms. The, all we're saying is boys like tools, girls like shopping and having periods. I think this is a Def Jam comedy bit from the 90s. Women be shopping. We need to stomp out the feminist nastiness that portrays men on television as dolts and pigs. Oh, God, he's going after doofy husbands now. It's time someone speak up against Jim Belushi. 
really just ugly women, a pathetic product of our public school system. And here's a Wild Bill bullet of truth for feminists. Oh, God. Manhood oh, God. is not a disease to be cured. He just, did he just shoot a bullet at feminism? I believe he did. Righteousness, and it's rising up to defeat the real sickness in America. You. About time we looked past you know, terrorism, the corporate takeover of America, all the horrible partisanship that's tearing apart the country, and looked towards the real enemy. Feminist teachers not letting our little boys fart on each other. He's obviously qualified to speak on these matters. He has a cowboy hat. As we've learned, if you have a cowboy hat, then you know what you're talking about. He is well, a cowboy doctor. Well, a cowboy doctor, Wild Bill for America. <laughs> He has a cowboy hat and a mustache, so he's a man. I mean, that means that he's entitled to speak on, you know, feminist matters. Yes. I don't think this guy's entire exposure to feminism was an episode of Home Improvement he saw while hungover one night. My God, they're taking over America. <laughs> There's one video I saw. It's in the suggested. It's called How to Hurt a Liberal. Hopefully it's just him giving karate tips. Wild Bill's Karate Commandos. <laughs> what you want to do now is get, get your hand right there underneath the jugular. Just chop. And I'll knock a liberal down. Now, most liberals, you know, they don't have much in the way of ethics or scruples. But try to hit them in the nuts if you can. That'll really hurt them. Unless you're dealing with Hillary Clinton. But if you're dealing with Hillary Clinton, just hit her in the balls, too. But, ah, ah, we all know that that's my liberals don't got no balls. <laughs> One. Two, three. Like somebody's gonna tell me how to put shelves together. Hello, he doesn't have the mustache. America here. The Thank feminist you for got yeah, as America's leading liberalologist, did he go to exactly liberal college to get his degree in liberalology? else you can do. It is the one thing they fear from conservatives. The bad guys have done a lot of harm to our nation, and they deserve to get nailed for it. And I hear a lot of fed-up, concerned Americans who want to know what to do. So I'm going to tell you the one thing you can do to hurt them badly. Kick them in the balls. Shoot them. the arrogance of the worst president in American history embarrass you? <laughs> Go to the polls in November and vote. That is the one thing Obama fears from conservatives. <laughs> if you're a Christian or a Jew and the filth that comes out of Bill Maher's mouth makes you sick, then go vote in November. Does what Jane Fonda did to our <laughs> He's so pissed off over Jane see. Fonda. Nope, you can't hang her, but if that changes, I'll let you know. Well, you know, that workout really did screw a lot of people over the Jane Fonda workout. He gained weight, James. Barbarella was bullshit. Killed. As an excuse to you know, for a guy who's shitting on liberals, he's clutching to that latte cup very tightly. What is wild, Bill? You are sick and tired of our public school kids graduating while functionally illiterate, but knowing all about sexual perversion. Then do something about it. Go vote in the November elections. Does the left-wing media cheering Obama and ignoring his massive failures turn your stomach? Yeah, I can't remember the last time I turned on my television and saw somebody saying something negative about Obama. <laughs> I guess tiny sheriff's badge. He made it himself out of a dime. Then go to the polls in November and vote Obama out. <laughs> Are you seeing a pattern here? You can march in the streets and Obama won't even watch. You can write letters of complaints and the left just smirks. 
I can post videos till San Francisco freezes over and then I like how San Francisco is equatable with hell in his worldview. The gays are so comfortable. Not just gays, but, you know, good weather. Sourdough. He's got everything he stands against. He was just horrified by watching Full House. Like, he gets all of his worldview from early 90s television. Three men living in a house together with three girls. Uh-huh. Not in my America. Danny Tanner is a man ruined by feminist America. The one thing that will make liberals cry in their cocaine. It's up to you. If you sit home on election day, they win. Yes. One thing he forgot to mention is that, you know, the guy running against Obama back in 2012 was just as worse, if not worse, than Obama. So, of course, people are going to vote for Obama. Come on. Come on, cowboy doctor. Bob Bill for America. You call yourself a liberalologist. <laughs> your fucking latte. Our final video, the centerpiece of this, Obama, the final straw, according to the description, was recorded on the anniversary of the 9-11 attacks. The anniversary which reveals Obama as our worst president ever. And it has a very dramatic thumbnail. It's just Wild Bill pointing to the camera on the surface of Mars, it seems. Wild Bill is finally headed with Earth. He's going to Mars to colonize. Come, Dejothorus. Start our own <laughs> Wild Bill country. On the surface of Mars. He just dies immediately. Ah, the liberal lack of air. This isn't Barsoom at all. Edgar Rice Burroughs worked for Obama, and his head explodes. Edgar Rice Burroughs was so racist, he thought he was on his side. One, two, three. I feel like jazz flute should play whenever these open. I am anti-Obama because... Again, conservative with a Starbucks t-shirt. This dude is like a shill for big coffee. I'll tell you why. We warned Obama about the Muslim Brotherhood and he sneered at us. He gave them over a billion dollars of our hard-earned tax dollars, even though he was warned that they are violent terrorists. And now they have proven us correct by attacking our embassy in Egypt. Hey, don't point those glasses at me, man. Slaughter of innocent people. The Muslim Brotherhood is the sworn enemy of the United States of America, and so is anyone who supports the Muslim Brotherhood. That money Obama gave them will be used for terrorism and murder. And also, American, you know, Rice Krispie treats. Terrorists, they love their Rice Krispie treats. Snap, crackle, and pop, motherfucker. All snap, crackle, and pop be praised Allah. What they are doing to marriage and moral standards is despicable. They're sabotaging of American jobs and pouring of the money of... Hey, you getting a little tripped up there? He can't keep track of all of his crazy. Well, he wouldn't be crazy if he could keep track of it. Obama's bypassing of Congress is lawlessly unconstitutional. In front of a postcard? Greetings from Cowboy Dr. Wild Bill Land, Esquire. The entire Democratic Party is one big treasonous, anti-American, anti-God cesspool that needs to be brought down. Obama is their figurehead, and he must be the first to go. It's time for a landslide of votes throwing that evil, incompetent, girly man. <laughs> is he Arnold Schwarzenegger circa 1980? I think so. He thinks that the election is just a pose-off with Lou Ferrigno. <laughs> Once again, it's all coming down to the feminists and their creation 
Obama. An Obama stein they created. Seemed like a good idea at the time. It's created with the body parts of other liberals. All except the balls. I don't know who disgusts me more. Obama or the spineless Republicans who have failed in their duties and allowed Obama's lawlessness. John Bolton said it very well the other day when he said that Obama is comfortable presiding over the decline of the United States. It is my wild bill for America opinion. A little trademark pop up there. The last superpower. <laughs> There's only one word for that, and it's treason. Obama is a treasonous snake, and so are his supporters. We are locked in a battle for the heart and soul of America and the very survival of freedom. It is clear who the enemy is, and our duty is clear. Millions of Americans have taken the oath to defend this nation against all enemies, both foreign and domestic. In Obama's case, both. Did he just incite the public to kill Obama? Yes. In the name of Starbucks. I like how in all the related videos, he's either holding a Starbucks cup or holding a cup of coffee in his hand. Yeah. Turns out he's just a caffeine addict. He's worried about Obama taking away his Third Amendment right to drink as much fucking coffee as he wants. After he <laughs> takes away the guns, he's taking away his Java. James, that's the Twelfth Amendment. Come on. I know. I, I'm no constitutional historian like Wild Bill. <laughs> wow, Dr. Cowboy Wild Bill for America. Esquire. Esquire. MD. <laughs> uh, just wait till he gets knighted. By the King of America. Which, in this case, would also be him. He's tired of himself, the king of America. He rules from his stronghold in Bilopolis, which is just his shack with a video camera. Which is going to be very terrifying whenever his own people turn against him, and it becomes Escape from Bilopolis. It just becomes a really scary found footage movie. Him trying to get away from that squirrel. No, you are my vice president. What happened to my Secretary of State? The camera pans over to like a tree that's been chopped over. No! The liberal feminists got to you. <laughs> Damn feminists and their attack on men with wood. Oh, I see what you did there. Uh, speaking of crazy people and their conspiracy theories, Matt, you had a few things to say? Um, did I? <laughs> I was joking. I don't think so. Oh, well, I will say this. There's one conspiracy that the Americans, the American people, well, I'm going to say Americans. And I'm part of the country. No, I, I identify myself as a Confederate still. <laughs> You're the last Confederate, Will. <laughs> the great, great, great grandson of the Confederacy. That's me. Now, there was one conspiracy that people forget about. Is that, uh, you know, when you drink Coke, James? You know what Coke used to be made out of? The souls of okay. righteous men. No, cocaine. <gasps> that's just a... It's just like a fun little tidbit I had. It's not really a conspiracy. I just, I just like sharing knowledge with people, James. About That's drugs. Yeah, drugs. Um, did Is you know it... that uh, another conspiracy? The first birther movement was uh, with Martin Van Buren because he didn't learn English until he was a teenager because he was raised and spoke Dutch. So, you know, they asked for his long form birth certificate. They didn't want him. You know, under the control of Holland and all this stuff. So, that was a big conspiracy back in the day. But, like I said, no conspiracies here. I just wanted to enlighten you. Now has been yet another Below the Bible Belt Kids Corner. Yay! Speaking of crazy conspiracy theories, recently I had 
probably the strangest encounter with another person I have ever had. More so than the 19 previous episodes of Blow the Bubble Belt? More so than our episode with Mercy. <laughs> Alright, I think you just bullshit me. But go ahead and tell your story. Uh, I was at the store a couple of weeks back, working the late shift. The store was pretty empty. I was in the pets department, organizing some things. I see this guy going around the pet department like he's really looking for something. The only way I can describe him is he was Iggy Pop. I mean, he just looked like Iggy Pop in a ponytail. I think what really sold was fake. Was he walking around with no shirt? No, he, the shirt he was wearing had the band Overkill on it, so it was still metal. Nice. So he sees me, and he just frantically paces over to me, and he says, you, you, you got, like, one of those fucking uh, pet combs? Like, it's not like the pet combs you got here. Like, the pet comb I'm looking for, it's like a bad motherfucking pet comb, man. It's like a Swiss Army knife, but it's a pet comb. It's really fucking cool. I say, no, sir, I don't think we have those. We just have these pet combs right here. Okay. Okay. I guess I'll have to go to a pet store. See you later, brother. <laughs> he called you brother. So he walks away, and he stops on a dime. Puts his hand on his chin and kind of looks down like he's lost and thought of something. Looks at me, looks back down, and he says, I want to tell you something. I mean, I don't even know why I should tell you this, because what are you going to do? Who are you? Why should I tell you this thing? But just, I, I got to get this out, man. Some, somebody has to know. He turns to me and says, 9-11 was an inside job. And I know this because I was told about it in 1981. <laughs> now, as he spoke that sentence, <laughs> there, there was a change inside of me. The first half, I was thinking, oh, he's one of those 9-11 conspiracy guys. Like, I've heard those rants before. I've heard people in my family theorize about the 9-11 attacks. Uh, so I'm going to do everything I can to get out of this conversation. But then whenever he brought in time travel, that's when my interest peaked. He then went on to have what I could only describe as conspiracy diarrhea. Yes, I'm familiar with that. For 20 minutes, I know because I timed this, he explained to me the truth of what's going on in this country and vomited out more information than my brain could ever process. Like, as soon as I got home, I wrote down everything I could remember, and it was still only one-third of it. And between that point and now, the document where I wrote all that down, mysteriously disappeared. Oh, shit. The gist of what he told me was, there is an ancient civilization, an Illuminati group called the Children of Nimrod, <laughs> which has been secretly ruling the world since the beginning of time. Now, these were the people who assassinated Moses and Noah and Jesus. You do not know that Moses and Noah were assassinated, but that's because they're the ones writing the history books. Okay. This secret organization is made up of cult families. The biggest of these cult families in the 20th century was the Kennedys. Aha. Uh -huh. But JFK had a crisis of conscience and tried to get out, and that's why they murdered him. Now, anytime you see a child's face on a milk carton, that child 
was a member of a cult family that was either wiped out because of some kind of transgression or fed to Walt Disney, who was both an Illuminati <laughs> member and a pedophile who demanded a constant supply of fresh children to feed him. Uh, I'd say that statement's only 50% correct. Now, every time there's a school shooting, a call will go out to all of the children who are members of cult families telling them to leave so the assassination can be carried out. Because these acts of murder are Luciferian rituals to appease their dark gods. Now, I was very taken at this point with the term Luciferian. Hail Satan, man. <laughs> and apparently the greatest of these sacrifices was September 11th, which at the same time didn't happen. And this is where his logic began to falter. <laughs> of course, because it's been so ironclad up until this point. 9-11 was carried out by Photoshop, while at the same time, the planes that crashed into the World Trade Center were actually fallen angels being cast out of heaven. He knows all of this because he was on stage with his band in Pensacola in 1981, and the entire first row was made up of five-star generals. How he knew this is not explained. I expect they were just all in full regalia. Um... Yeah, I gotta say his logic is kind of slipping, because there has been a five-star general since the Second World War. Come on, conspiracy guy. He doesn't know history like you do. I wish you were there so you could argue. Uh, unless, like, unless, like, the front rows feel like George Patton, Dot Dwight Eisenhower, Omar Bradley, and Douglas MacArthur. It's not happening. It's possible. Right. It was the 80s, man. <laughs> now, this general did not speak to him. But as he was performing, he mouthed words in his direction, and he understood these words because he was ready to understand them. And after the show, he gave him a videotape, and he returned home, lit up a J, and watched the JFK assassination from the point of view of the killer. Let me guess, not Oswald. He did not confirm if it was taken from the grassy knoll, but I assume. Yeah. I would say so. It, it would be kind of ridiculous if he's got all these conspiracy theories. Oh, yeah, JFK was killed by Oswald. Don't worry about it. It was just a fluke. So. There was no conspiracy there. There was a greater conspiracy at hand. A Luciferian conspiracy. Uh, during this entire time, he keeps looking over his shoulder. It's like, oh, I, I, I don't need to be speaking this out loud. If they're watching me. I always got to look over my fucking shoulder. And at one point... A couple of black girls walk behind him, and he once again looks over his shoulder and continues to look as they walk away. And that's the most sane thing he's done so far. Yeah. He looks back at me and says, Stop looking at that nasty shit! <laughs> and I'm was he talking to you, or was he I, someone talking to himself? I was surprised for a second, then I realized he was talking to himself. And he just hangs his head in shame and says, They're my weakness. And he looks at me somberly and says, oh, I guess they have souls, too. <laughs> at least he's finally realized the truth. Like the greatest conspiracy souls. of all was in his heart. <laughs> the really strange thing is, there were a lot of the same people who just kept walking back and forth as he told this story. Mm -hmm. And at one point, these two large dudes wearing green shirts that say stage security walked past us and then walked back and there was a split second where i was like what, what, what the hell 
Like, are they coming for him? There's a glitch in the Matrix. They gotta, they gotta put him on stage. So that was your run in with. No, no. With... There's more. Oh, okay. I was gonna say, this guy, I have a feeling this is gonna be what the 12th Doctor's gonna be like. <laughs> He's gonna be the conspiracy doctor. <laughs> but, uh, the strangest occurrence in this is he had his buggy sitting in the middle of the aisle behind us. And this old man comes up to it and is, he's blocking his way. Like this short, doughy guy, maybe in his 60s with a mustache and sunglasses. Kind of look like Flute Cop. <laughs> so Iggy Pop goes up to him and moves his buggy and says, oh, sorry, sir. Sorry, sir. And the guy just looks at him and shakes his head and says, don't do this to me. Don't do this to me. And then grabs his buggy and walks away. And Iggy Pop just watches him walk away, comes up to me, points to him with his thumb, and says, What the fuck was that guy's problem? <laughs> and the fucking nerve of people these days. Oh, uh, no. Anyway, Oswald didn't work alone. So he tells me this entire conspiracy theory, like I said, for 20 whole minutes. At no point do I ever speak. <laughs> The entire time, I keep going to speak, but he's talking so quickly, I can't get a word in. But he finishes and bids me adieu and demands that I look this up online. And I say the only words I've said to him the entire conversation. Thank you, sir. You've given me such a gift. And as he leaves, he turns to me and says, I promise you one thing. You won't forget me. You won't forget me. And I did not. I just gotta ask, like, as he was walking away, I did like the, the music that plays in Walmart did come on with the, I have the time of my life. <laughs> it's entirely possible. Or maybe it was the Breakfast Club song. Don't, Don't you, you forget. He did like the, the bender, he threw his fist up, and he just freeze-framed, and then you just stand there looking at him while he just stands in Walmart, just still, everybody's walking around him, he's like, frozen. It just gets really, really blurry and then fades out. It's like, my God. I was touched by the hand of God tonight. But to give you a good idea of the level of crazy that took place here, I will now perform our first free-form redneck conspiracy poetry jam. The children of Nimrod are the ones pulling the strings. Celebrities know about it, and that is why they are rubbed out. Why do you think Heath Ledger died? Why do you think Randy Quaid is on the run? Why do you think Sinead O'Connor spit on that poop? The mark of the beast, man. It's all over us now. I can't remember what it was. Something about beans? Not selling beans, no. The mark of the beast is within us all. The CIA created the CNN network. I know this because the initials are similar. All this stuff is so obvious once you open your eyes and take a look. But most people, they live with their eyes closed. I am intellectual. I am not pseudo. I... Have critical thinking skills, man. But why, do you ask, am I telling you this? Why indeed? It is because you work for Walmart, and Walmart's key to the New World Order. 
when the call rings out, Walmart will be transformed into the death camps, and you will have a choice. People fear the metal, because the metal gives people power. Rock on. Rock on indeed. Rock on indeed. By the way, whenever he said metal, he did throw up the horns. Oh, he did? Nice. That's his, uh, that's his spirit charm. That's what keeps the green shirted Nazis at bay. <laughs> the stage security of my ass. They work for the New World Order. Little do we know that the stage is the shadowy organization that's controlling everything. Yeah, it's an acronym, but I'm not sure what it stands for. They're the ones above the children of Nimrod. And led by the most sinister man of our time, Walt Disney. Yeah, I gotta say, I'm kind of jealous. Don't worry, your own crazy Walmart prophet will appear to you one day. I'm pretty sure my own crazy Walmart prophet sleeps uh, in one room over from where I'm at right now. <laughs> Does he believe in the power of metal? He believes in the power of Skinner, so he's getting close. You'll be okay, then. We'll all be protected from this metal spiracy. I'm just, I just feel honored that I was chosen. You were very much like uh, Joseph Smith when the angel came to him and gave him the Book of Mormon. You were bestowed upon you the Book of Rock. I'm the metal Joan of Arc. Regardless of what happens with this, if you create religion from this, I just gotta say, make me a prophet and say we can have polygamy, then I'm in. You always just want polygamy. Whenever it doesn't I th- matter. Whenever we started this podcast, your first thing was, can we do polygamy? It doesn't matter what we're trying to form, podcasts, religions... Uh, bingo night. Study know. groups. Especially study groups. Oh yeah, learning about Spanish and geometry. Uh, that's going to keep me afraid for a very long time. I don't know about you. Yeah, that guy knows where you work. James. Just think about that. I mean, he could he show can, up at any point. He confided in you. I really want, like, a month from now, he shows up and he has no fucking idea who you are. <laughs> He's been lobotomized like in Planet of the Apes. <laughs> You maniacs! You'll cut out his brain! <laughs> All I'm saying is that, that that data disappeared from your computer somehow. He goes to throw up the horns. They've removed his index and little finger. God damn you! But, until the children of Nimrod rise again, I have been James. I've been Matt. And you have been below the conspiracy line. Rock on. Like the way you click, boy. Is it wrong because I want to download till I die? Is it wrong because I want to download till I die? Mad and nice. Keep going. <laughs> uh, you can't see me, but I'm striking a pose as you're doing that. <laughs> uh, we'll save that for book 30 music. <laughs>